0: Well, manandong umanga. All right. That means good morning. (laughs) Thank you, though, for the peace be unto me. Pagpalain kayo nagdios. That means God bless you this morning. All right, so I have on my barong from the Philippines today. All right, so Philippine-themed service. Praise God. Hey, if you have your Bible, how many people have their Bible this morning? Come on. All right, how many people have a device that you can read your Bible on? All right, some kind of device. How many just memorize the whole Bible from <clears throat> all <right. laughs> Genesis all the way through? You're doing a lot better than me, then. Well, if you have something that you can read Scripture, or if it's in your mind, go to the part in your mind, 1 John. <clears throat> go to 1 John. We're in our 1 John series, Live Like Jesus, and... Uh, Remember, we're talking about the Apostle John. He's 90 plus years old when he writes this uh, epistle of First John. He's Remember, he's the last apostle. He's the last living apostle. He's the last of those who actually saw Jesus, who walked with Jesus, who touched him, and he, he hugged him, and he, he was friends with Jesus. He was rebuked by Jesus and uh, spent some late nights with Jesus. He's the last of these apostles, and John is getting up there now, and he's uh, getting ready to pass the baton on to some very heavy hitters, okay? He's a father to a new generation, and this is around 100 A.D. when he actually writes this apostle. Remember, uh, when he writes this epistle, <laughs> remember the apostle John, uh, who was also a disciple and a good friend of Jesus? He knew about torture. He was tortured for Jesus. He was boiled in oil. Come on, how many have been boiled in oil? I hope nobody raises their hand to that. You know, and he so he's been through some things and he still lived. But remember this: he was the only one who was not martyred, the only one of the original twelve who was not martyred. Now he was sent to the island of. Patmos, where he was, uh, you know, sent out there and he lived the rest of his days out there. And that's actually where he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, this Apostle John I uh, said he's a he's a heavy hitter. He wrote. Remember, he wrote 50 of the 260 some odd chapters of the New Testament. When you think of New Testament, often we think of Paul and that he wrote, you know, a lot of the New Testament. But John actually wrote 50 of the 260, 270 chapters that you'll find in the New Testament. This man wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, which is, you know, I know you shouldn't probably have a favorite, but that's my favorite book of the whole Bible. And uh, he also wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then he also wrote uh, the book of Revelation while he was on that island of Patmos. So we're talking about an apostle here who's a heavy hitter, and he's trying to get some things over to us, all right, in this epistle. John is speaking from a very personal and unique perspective about Jesus. John is trying to get across to us something about a Jesus uh, that he knew. Something uh, across to us about a Jesus, now I'm not talking about the Jesus of the heretics or the Jesus of the Gnostics, the Jesus who wasn't spiritual or who wasn't the Messiah or who wasn't a savior. I'm talking about the real Jesus, okay? The one who rose, who died on the cross and rose again on the third day as we celebrated communion, commemorating that event this morning. I'm talking about the Jesus who came from the very bowels of the Father and wrapped himself in flesh and walked the earth. I'm talking about a deity. This is who John is trying to get across to us, this Jesus. And so. If you have your Bibles or something actually that you can write in, I, I like it to uh, to write in your Bible. I think that's perfectly okay to write in your Bible. And if you do that, you might want to take a couple of notes this morning. Uh, we went through 1 John chapters in two sections. The first section we've been through is 1 John chapter one, 1, 1 through about 2-29. That's the first section. And what that section, if you write in your Bible, you might write above it, God is light. Okay, that's what that section is talking about. God is light. And what John is trying to direct us to do is to walk like Jesus, remember in our, our this series is live like Jesus. And we get that from chapter two, verse six, where it says, you know, if anyone says that they're like Jesus, or if anyone says they walk in the light, then they ought to walk like him, or they ought to live like Jesus lived. And so that's where we get that from. And so he's he starts saying that if you know Jesus, if you know the real Jesus, you will walk in the light. You will walk in obedience. You will walk in ethical behavior. You will get rid of that unethical behavior. You will not dwell in darkness. And should you uh, go into darkness, you will immediately repent and the Lord will come and get you out of darkness. Come on. You will not allow sin to overcome you because you're walking in the light. You will not be a double-minded person. You will walk in faith. You will not be overtaken by sin. You will walk in the light, is what John is getting across to us. Should you stumble, you will confess your sin. Why? Because you have an advocate with the Father. And so now he moves to this second section, and that's 1 John chapter 3, 1 to 18. This second section, if you want to jot something down in your Bible, write, God is love. Somebody say, God is love. Come on. God is love. He is love. And what this means is his very nature is love. It doesn't mean that God loves people. Okay, it doesn't mean that he just simply loves people. It means that that is actually who he is. God is love. In other words, there is no love outside of God. That's actually who he is. It is his nature. To be loved, not just to. He, the only reason why God loves you is because that's who he is. He is love, and so he loves you, and that's what John wants us to see. And he's really setting some things up because he's really going to play hardball here on the subject of sin, actually, in this chapter. So he's really trying to set us up and let a, and you won't be able to deal with what he's talking about when he talks about sin if you don't first understand who he is. If you don't first understand that he is love, and because God is love, you are to love like him, and you are to receive his love. And so, 1 John chapter 3, let's take a look at that, and I I want you to circle a few words in your Bible, okay, if you want to, or highlight it. You may not, everybody may not know how to work it, but even if you got your iPad, you can kind of highlight some words in there, so if you don't know how to work it, don't mess it up, you know. You'll figure it out, but you can even highlight some words in there if you want to. But looking at chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, Behold. Everybody say, Behold. Behold. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. He says, What manner of love, circle that word love there, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know know him. All right, skip down to to verse 10. Look here at verse 10, it says, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice the righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love, circle that word love there, love his brother. The first verse is talking about the love of the father. Now we're talking about brotherly love. And on down in verse 11, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should circle this, love one another. It's talking about a one another type of love. We're talking about the love of the Father. Now we're talking about that brotherly love. Come on down to verse 14. We know that we have passed. This is a, actually a pretty uh, popular verse uh, to some, and it's a pretty famous verse. We know that we have passed from death, to life. How do we know that? Because we circle it, love who? The brethren. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Now, often when I read scripture, I look at what God is saying, and I look at what God is not saying, or I look at the other side of what he's saying. We know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love each other. If we don't love each other, come on. Then it's likely that we have not passed from death to life. And we need to meet the Lord at the altar. Come on. Down in verse 16. By this we know, circle it, love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. In other words, because he laid down his life for us. We, if we say we are children of God, we ought to live like Jesus, come on, then we ought to love like he loves. And shuts up in his heart from him, how does the love, in verse 17, of God abide in him? And then he goes on, verse 18, my little children, let us not love, circle it, in word or tongue. Many of us do, come on. We were just honest with ourselves and we were honest with each other. We love in word and tongue only. But he says love indeed and in truth. And then on down finally in verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what? Love. Circle it. Love one another. And he gave us his commandment. Love. Now. Now. <clears throat> Go back up to verse 1. John starts off this chapter with a word. And he uses this word, behold. Say it again, "Behold." behold. That word actually means amazement. It doesn't just mean look, hey, look. It means amazement. It means wonderment. He knows exactly where he's going, because as I said, he's going to play hardball with us when he talks about sin on the subject of sin in this chapter. But he tells us, behold, and that means, hey, look, pay attention. Hey, Hey, let me have your attention. Let me have your full attention, because what I'm about to tell you is going to absolutely amaze you. Look at your neighbor and say, you will be amazed. Come on, that's what John is saying. He says, when I tell you this, you are going to be shocked. You ever seen something and said, I was shocked. That's what he's saying. When you hear what I have to say, and if you actually get it, if you get the revelation of what I'm telling you, you will fall out of your seat because you won't believe it. And then he goes on and it says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Now, this what manner is a a Greek word. I don't want to Greek you out this morning, but there's a Greek word here for this what manner of love. And do you remember in the Gospels when the angel came to Mary? Right. And said, listen, Mary, <clears throat> you are favor. You have favor, uh, you know, with God and with man. And and what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to overtake you. And uh, you're going to have uh, not only a baby, uh, but you're going to have the savior of the world. And Mary stepped back and said, what manner of saying is this? And what that really means is I, I can't comprehend it. I don't understand it. Now, I'll take it by faith because you're God, but I, I I can't comprehend it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't click with me. It's too much for my mind. That's what John is saying. Behold, you are going to be amazed. What manner of love? You can't even comprehend the love that the Father, the Father, not the Son, not the Holy Spirit, not just a you know, sloppy kind of love. I'm talking about the love that the Father, the one who created you, has for you. You cannot comprehend this type of love. You can't grasp it. In Matthew 8, 27, it said, So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's what this, what manner of love means. They they can't, who can this be? You know, they were walking with Jesus. They were talking with him. They even saw him heal a few people. Some of them were there when he turned water into wine. But now they're on a boat and he says, peace, be still. And the wind and the sea obey him. And they're saying, what manner of man is this? I cannot comprehend it. This is what John is saying to us. What manner is a phrase that describes an atmosphere of absolute wonder, awe and amazement. We're talking this morning about the love of the almighty God, the one whom the universe abides in. Do you get that? Not that he's in the universe, but he's the one that the universe abides in him. That's who we're talking about this morning. So we're talking about a vast unhumanly kind of love this love that God has for us it is lavish it is a lavish kind of love what does that mean lavish love lavish is extravagant I mean there are really no words to really describe it it's unrestrained and it's excessive it's more than I can take it's almost to the point where I say Lord stop I can't take, you ever had somebody, or maybe you need to, have somebody give you some gifts, you know, for your birthday, and they give you so many, and you say, wait, stop, all these gifts, what am I going to do with all this? Come on, my birthday's in January, by the way. (laughs) My wife is saying, yeah, mine's October. (laughs) But you know, he just bestows all this love upon us. And it's almost like, why well, I just can't even, t- I'm just so, oh, have you ever been so overwhelmed that you can't help it, you just cry? You know, so overwhelmed that it's just, it's so much, you know. That's the love we're talking about. Extra- it's, it's more than enough. Very abundant. Holding back nothing. Something rich beyond imagination. Listen, lavish is magnificent. I wish I would have just gone through the dictionary and found all the words to describe this kind of love. It's lush. It's marked by unrestrained abundance. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. And when you think you've had enough, it comes some more. And when you think all of it's all poured out, guess what? There's a whole reserve waiting to come on you. This is the love I'm talking about that the Father is bestowing upon you. I mean, it's not scanty. It's not skippy. Come on. It's not scarce. It's not small. It's not insignificant. It's not limited. It's an unlimited love. The lavish love of God towards us is just extravagant. It's too much. Now, here's here's the word when we look at this first verse. Behold what manner of love the Father has upon you. You might just jot this in there, too. You know, there are a lot of Greek words for love, right? Have you, you know, maybe you've studied some of that, or maybe you've been to Greek or been to, uh, you know, some classes, or maybe you've heard preachers talk about it or whatever. But there are many different Greek words for love. This very first verse, behold what manner of love, you might write it in there, this is the one. This is agape. Come on. A-G-A-P-E, agape. It's agape. Agape. This is the love. This is not an Eros kind of love. You know, I I call that love between married people. All right. It's not that kind of love. It's not the phileo kind of, uh, you know, brotherly love, phileo, brothers, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. You know, we love each other in a deep friendship kind of way. Not that kind of love. It's not storge type of love. All right. It's not the ludus type of love, the playful. Hey, I love everybody. No, this is agape kind of love. This is the agape love that God has for you. Agape is a special kind of love given without measure. This love, this love that God has for you is a love that requires nothing back from you. Now, most of the time when we love each other, it does, whether we want to admit it or not, require requires something back okay, from the other person. Come on, even in a marriage, which is, should be the closest bond between two people on earth, okay? That even requires something back, right? Maybe it shouldn't, but we do. We have feelings, okay? This agape love that God is bestowing upon us requires nothing for you to do. You can't earn it, and you can't give it back. Now, I know that might walk on some of your theology, but I want to tell you, this love, you can't give it back. God says, I love you. Even if you say, well, oh, you love me, you think you love me? All right, well, then I'm going to be rebellious. God says, I love every rebellious bone in your body. You say, well, then I'll just walk away. I'll put down my Bible, I'll, I'll leave church, and I'll just walk away. I'll go somewhere else where you can't find me. He said, guess what? Go make your bed in hell. There I am with you. Come on, Psalms 139. Go make your bed in hell. I'm there. God said, go ahead, take the wings of the morning. Dwell in the uttermost part of the sea. There my right hand will hold you. I don't care where you go. This agape love is there for you. Requires nothing back. And some of us, us, that's hard for us to comprehend. You know why? Because we're used to dealing with each other on a human basis. It's hard for us to comprehend this kind of love. It just doesn't seem real. You know, Brother Mike, that's, that can't be real. But this is what it is. It's, it's real. Think about it. What could you do to earn God's love? What could you do? You know, I felt that way before. I felt, well, you know what? I see this person over here, they're being blessed, you know, the Carters, the elder, you know, they're being blessed, and, uh, you know, we're Carters, the lesser, and it doesn't seem like we're being blessed as much, and maybe they pray a little bit more, you know, maybe they uh, spend a little more time, you know, in the word, and that's why God loves them a little bit more than he loves me or he loves us, and so maybe if I pray a little bit more, you know, it's really a ridiculous statement because the question I would have then is how much more? 10 minutes more, 30 minutes more, 10 years more. How much more can you pray for God to love you? Think right now about maybe a person in your life or maybe someone you see on TV or someone you consider to be just a blessed person. You know, like I would Pastor Phil and Sister Mary, you know, think about someone uh, who, who is just so blessed right? And, you, and you're thinking maybe they just, uh, they, they are before the Lord all the time. Maybe they pray a lot. They always do nice things for other people. Think of somebody like that right now in your mind, in your life, you know. Now, here's what I would want to tell you. If God were to sit you and that person down right before him with all the things that they had done, he would look at you both and say, I love you both the same, the exact same, because there's nothing you can do to earn my love. This is the definition of this agape love. Now we know, we, we always define it, you know, it's unconditional. Well, it's so much more than just unconditional. And even being unconditional, I don't know that we really have the revelation of unconditional, of what that means, of how God loves us. Now does that mean he's not going to chastise us? <laughs> Keep reading in John. You'll see how he deals with sin. You know, Paul even said it. Does that mean that, uh, you know, we can prove out grace by going ahead and sinning? He says, God forbid. God forbid. Because he will chastise you. You know, try it with your parents. (laughs) You know, when you were young, you tried, did that mean they didn't love you? No, actually that meant they loved you. That's how they actually proved their love to you. By shaping you, molding you, and setting you on a path. And that's what God does for us. This agape love, it's incomprehensible. In, incompre, it really is. We can't understand it, folks. And this is what John is trying to get across to us. I I think the reason... If we look at, you know, we look at others' lives, you know, there's a sin, really, of comparison. And uh, so we should not compare. But if if we look at others' lives and we say, hey, you know, I just look at other people, mentors and, and people that I consider to be, you know, just blessed of God. They are so blessed. And I, I want to walk in that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a desire to walk in the blessing of the Lord. I mean, we should not compare to a particular person or to someone but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I would like to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Here's what it is. I believe that many of us fall short not because we don't do enough, not because we don't pray enough, not because we don't read our Bible enough, not because we don't do enough for other people. But we fall short in that area of walking in the blessing of Lord, of the Lord simply because we don't understand the love of God. We don't understand what this means, the agape love that he has on us, that he, that he set his love upon us. You might say, well, what do you mean by that, Brother Mike? That doesn't really make sense to me. Well, here's, here's what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, because we always look in terms of do's and don'ts. Here's what it is for me. You know, often when, I, when I'm, if I'm outside of the will, or go, will of God, or I've done something that's not very godly or godlike and those type of things, you know, I could be chastised, you know, to, to get me right, those type of things. Very often, God just loves me. You know what's happened to me? I'm not telling you to go out and sin to see if this happens, but uh, you know what's happened to me before? I've fallen short of his glory, and then God will turn around and bless me. Sends a blessing, and that just, that kills me. It does. It just, it kills me. It's like, oh, man, come on. Lord, I was expecting some chastisement here. You know, come on. I feel better if you just chastise me. My father-in-law was was real good for uh boy he he would he would talk you he would talk you down boy, I mean he he might not smack you upside the head but he'd be talking to you, and you just feel, huh, huh, stop you know, I mean you know and God but God just loves you so much and he, when He loves you like that it's like heaping uh you know, uh, heaping coals of hot coals upon your head you know until you just change, you see godly love. And godly sorrow brings repentance. But this is the kind of love that God has for us. If we would get this in our mind, the lavish love of God. Now here, you might want to take some of these down. Here's what lavish love is. Here's what we're talking about today. Lavish love is, first of all, it's unconditional. We talked about that. You know, Romans 8.35 says, Can anything separate us from Christ? Can it separate us from his love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger, threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. His love is unconditional to us. Second thing is his love is absolute. Folks, his love is absolute. You know, it's not a shaky kind of love that we have for one another. You know, when we're offended, when we get hurt, you know, our, you know, I still love them, but it's kind of shaky. You're on shaky ground. I want you to know this morning that if you love the Lord with your heart, if you've given your life to the Lord, you're never on shaky ground. You're never on shaky ground with him. I know, I know it's kind of hard to take. Might not get many amens, but you're not on shaky ground with God. You know what he'll do? He'll just slap you around a few times until you get back right. Yeah, that's, that's what he'll do. That's what he's done with me anyway. That's my experience. Yeah, even to the point of crushing you. But he still loves you. All right? You're not in danger. Lavish love is surprising. I didn't even know you loved me like that, Lord. Really? I didn't know. And when you're surprised like that, you tell other people. Right? God shocked me. I didn't even know he loved me like that. Yeah, the doctor diagnosed me with high blood pressure. I haven't been sick my whole life, Sister Edna. The doctor said I got high blood pressure. Well, guess what? I had it for two weeks and then it went away. God surprised me. And surprised the doctor. I didn't even know he loved me like that. Come on, it's surprising. Lavish love of God, listen to this one. It's inexhaustible. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Come on, many of you are parents. Sometimes I get exhausted. (laughs) It's like, are you serious? Or with, you know, people in your family. Come on, you guys know. It's just over, it's the same thing, over again. You know, we're talking about the same thing again. we got to go over it and over it and over it. How many times i got to tell you, leave that guy alone, but you keep going back, then you call me and start complaining. Right? You exhaust me. (laughs) Oh, come on, you've been there before. (laughs) You've caused it before, too. (laughs) God's love is inexhaustible. You cannot exhaust him, and you cannot exhaust the love. Ephesians 3.19 in the Message Bible says, And I ask him, with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all Followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth of it. Test its length. Plumb its depths. Rise to the heights of it. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Next, the lavish love of God is full of second chances. Ha, Somebody say hallelujah to that. Come on. Never third chances, never fourth chances, never fifth chances, but second chances. Because after your second chance, you go back to one. You go back to zero, you reset. So the next time you just get another second chance. It's full of them. Now, I'm not going to tell you to test it. Come on now. Because you go through the consequences, but you will get a second chance. You will get a second chance until the day you take your last breath. God's love is full of second chances. Come on, anybody getting anything out of God's love this morning? Yeah, come on. We're almost done here. And then the lavish love is a healer. His love heals us. It heals our spirit. Come on, sometimes you just want to be loved. I heard a testimony. Someone was telling me this morning about how... um, You know, someone came out, uh, you know, and sacrificed some of their time just to come out and see, you know, their son play, uh, you know, baseball. And you would think that's just such a small thing. It's just going to a baseball game, a friend of mine's baseball game type of thing, you know, but they were so taken back by it and it just so warmed their soul. And I know that there are times when we go through things, even when others offend us or we're just hurt, even by just life. But the lavish love of God just seems to heal us. If we'll get back in his word, come on. If we'll pray, if we'll get in the midst of some other followers and have some fellowship, right? If you'll do that, the lavish love of God will just heal you. It's a a healer. And then, I like this one, the lavish love of God is crazy generous. Come on. It's crazy generous. Yeah, he gives and gives and gives and gives. Gives and gives, gives and gives gives, 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 and then he keeps on giving. You know, the gift that keeps on giving, that's the love of God. Come on. He just continues to give. He is so amazing. He is a father who openly rewards his children. Listen, we are special children of God. Some of us are a little more special than others, but we're his special children. Come on. <laughs> we really are, and that's what, that's what John is dealing with. He's, he's dealing with the Father, and the Father deals with children and, and us as brothers and sisters. Okay, That's what he's trying to get across to us. We are children by right. We are children that God absolutely loves. Now listen, 1 John 3 Three through seven says this, everyone who has this hope in Christ keeps himself pure. John doesn't leave that out. Keeps himself pure, just as Christ is pure. Whoever sins is guilty of breaking God's law. Listen to what he gets into here. Because sin is a breaking of the law, you know that Christ appeared in order to take away sins, thank you Lord, and that there is no sin in him. So everyone who lives in union with Christ does not continue to sin, but whoever continues to sin has never seen him or known him. Let no one deceive you, my children. Whoever does what is right is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. John, that's, a, that's another version there, but John begins to lay the hammer down a little bit here after talking about the lavish love of God. Because he begins to say, listen, those who continue our sin, uh, you are of the devil and your father is the devil. And I don't like it when he says stuff like that. Come on now, because when I fall short, I'm like, now what what is John trying to say here? My father's not the devil. Come on, some of you, I won't call any names, but some of you have probably fallen short this past week. Probably sin this past week. I'm not gonna. If I were to say, you know, uh, uh, raising other hands, how many people sin this past week? Don't raise your hands. I might say, how many people sin this morning? How many people can't wait to leave so you can sin? That's just no. That's just. <laughs> That's just bad. <laughs> My point is this, though. We all fall short. I know you don't want us, but we we all fall short. Come on, the flesh falls short. Okay? So to really delve into this, it's another teaching we can't get into this morning. So I'm going to ask you to forgive me, but I will teach on that, on what John is actually talking about here. But he's he's saying here, you just don't continue in sin. Okay? You just don't do it. Because the love of God is so much, it's so overwhelming that it's just impossible. I mean, think about that. <laughs> think of you know, think of John were here and he was saying these things, and he, you know, said, Listen. All you guys who sinned yesterday or sinned this morning, you are the, of the devil, and your father is the devil, and you just the devil. Now, let's stand up and sing a hymn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about something a little bit deeper, but, but what I want to get across to us from John this morning is, listen, you just, don't, you just don't continue in it. You know, you change your ways, you have a different perspective, and it doesn't mean you don't ever fall short. All right, should you fall short, the Bible says you have an advocate with the Father. You have someone who's standing in the gap for you. Okay, you do have that. Doesn't mean test it, as we've said earlier, but what it does mean is you just don't have a desire to continue in sin. Come on. Your desire is to please God. And this, this is what God's looking for. He's looking for your heart, ultimately above all things. He's not looking to see how he can catch you in sin. He's not looking to see how often you don't sin. Come on, we can't compare. We can't, at the end of the week, compare notes and say, okay, now let's look here. How many did you do this week, Bobby? Come on. How many I got? Ah, you got me by two. All right. God loves me more than you this week. No, that's that's not God. That's not what he's doing. He's not keeping record, right? long as you repent, right? Go back to him. Do like the prodigal son. Come to yourself and say, you know what? This is not right. I know it's not right. God loves me and he's loved me despite this thing. Uh, You know what? Guess what? I'm going to get up. I'm going back to the father. Because people at the lowest of the low, he still treats them right. They're still in his house. So I don't care if I have to go back as the lowest of the low. I'm going back to the house. Come on. That's where I'm going to. And so the lavish love of God. He loves you so much with an agape love. And I really want us to leave here today with the revelation of God's love. And here's how I know. Here's, I'll leave you with this. Here's, here's how, I, how I will know. This is how God will know that we really have this revelation. You want to know how it is? It's because we will love others like he loved us. So if we leave here today and we're not loving others a little bit more than we have in the past, then that just tells God that we just don't quite have that revelation yet. Okay? And he's still working on us. But when we can love others like he's loved us, then we finally caught the revelation. Amen?